This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. When your company is 113 years old, internationally known, and well-respected, you would think that by now everything has been figured out. Turns out, though, that even the biggest legacy companies in the world have room to grow and lessons to learn. At UPS, we had tons of data. We were swimming in data. You know, it's really traditionally has been an industrial engineering and operating company. So data was everywhere. But synthesizing that data and distilling it and transferring that data into knowledge and information into insights, we were lacking. That's the voice of Kevin Warren, the CMO of UPS. Kevin joined Marketing Trends for a deep dive on why it's important for even the most established companies to take an honest look at their marketing approach and not be afraid to make changes. Plus, he discusses why SMBs are becoming more of a focus and how to put your purpose and mission at the forefront of every campaign and business activity that you take part in. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends, and today we are joined by special guest, Kevin. How are you? I'm well, Ian. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to chat with you about all the cool stuff that UPS is doing and get into your background. So first, how did you get started in marketing? Well, you know, I... Uh... I studied marketing as part of my business major in undergrad. And then uh, I, I started at Xerox as an intern and grew up in the sales and marketing uh, function. And uh, most recently when I left Xerox, I was a chief commercial officer, which marketing um, was, was part of the, uh, the responsibility. So, you know, markets, customers, revenue generation, that's really been in my blood since, uh, since a young adult. And what does marketing look like at UPS? Obviously, UPS, you know, an amazing company and uh, best in class company, best in class product. I know the scope of, of the company is enormous with how many drivers you have on the road and packages delivered. But, but what does uh, your marketing function look like? How do you think about marketing? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I find that when I speak with colleagues, marketing does look different uh, in different organizations. So, I would say that the mandate of marketing uh, inside of UPS is expansive. So I've got responsibility for all of our pricing, all of our what we call revenue enablement, uh, our revenue forecasting, uh, and I'm talking globally, new product development, obviously uh, digital marketing, brand management, and um, product management uh, as well. And then even some things like the UPS store franchise rolls up under marketing. Our e-commerce strategy rolls up under marketing. Uh, we've got a, a, a small company that we, uh, we launched as an e-commerce company called Where to Go that rolls up as well. So a pretty broad and wide mandate as far as marketing. And really the, the, the key is for us to be kind of connected to the market and making sure that we listen to our customers and our partners and then we're driving revenue and bottom line profit growth for the corporation. And so, you know, with, with all of that stuff, with pricing included there, how do you organize your, your teams? Uh, what are the different types of teams that, uh, that you have? Yeah, so, so actually, you know, we just went through what we call uh, 
we changed our operating model and launched that in June 1st because what we found was last time we had done a reorg in marketing, it was 10 years ago. And the world is totally different in 2020 than it was in 2010. And so we really saw that there were some needs. Uh, there were some assets and resources we had at certain places inside of marketing where the return wasn't as high and we had a lot of resources. And then there were some emerging needs that were being driven by industry opportunities and dynamics in which we were on the resource. So we did go through an operating model in which uh, basically inside the same financial envelope, we kind of changed and positions and moved people and resources uh, to the areas in which they would drive the greatest return. So we've got, you know, e-commerce is a huge driver in our industry uh, in our company. So, you know, I've got an a e-commerce strategy person and I've got a person who's in charge of what we call uh, digital acceleration. I've got a person who's in charge of product management and, and rationalizing our products and make sure we have the right number, um, not too many, not too few, that we hit the profitability of the products as well. I've got a gentleman who's in charge of uh, pricing and he's also the same gentleman who's in charge of forecasting. So he has two different units that drive that. I've got uh, a person who's in charge of, uh, of, of brand management and digital marketing as well. And then, you know, we also found that at UPS, we had tons of data. We were swimming in data. You know, it's really uh, traditionally has been an industrial engineering and operating company. So data was everywhere, but really synthesizing that data and distilling it and transferring that data into knowledge and information into insights we were lacking. So we invested in an analytics group, um, this kind of a, a center of excellence uh, to make sure that we can get kind of predictive uh, in what's going on in the world versus just kind of looking through the rearview mirror so we can make better decisions, move more quickly uh, versus the competition and thereby take care of our customers. So those are, um, and then obviously the UPS store, you know, is a, uh, is a gentleman who runs, you know, that 5,000 uh, UPS store franchise as well. So, you know, those are, are some of the, uh, I want to make sure I didn't forget anybody, but those are the, uh, the the big ticket items, if you will. Yeah, that's, it's incredible just the amount of different things that, that a chief marketing officer like you has. Do you kind of feel like you're one of the the new wave of of CMOs here with like all of those responsibilities underneath you? Because it seems like you know, we've we've had this conversation for for years now about like where does the CMO fit in the C-suite, and you know where how close is it to revenue and all that. And it seems like you're obviously uh, at the forefront of those things. Yeah, you know, when I um, when I came to UPS, and I, I kind of mentioned it historically, this is a 113 year old company, 525 thousand employees globally, Fortune 50 company, uh, just a, a very well run high-integrity, high-reliability company built on industrial engineering, um, which we need to, to run a complex uh, global network, and then also run by operators um, because a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the executives in the company had grown up through operations. And actually, our former CEO uh, started out as uh, loading uh, package cars and then driving package cars and made it all the way up to the, to the CEO. Marketing? Um, well, you know, and again, if you think about UPS, it wasn't like, you know, in the history of the company, we had a ton of competitors in the industry. 
so a really strong position. So marketing wasn't necessarily the priority that it is in a lot of companies. So the company, the board, uh, and the CEO decided uh, to make a change because you know outside conditions uh, were changing. So I was brought in from the outside. I've been with UPS for two and a half years. And one of the things I had to establish very quickly uh, is that marketing isn't a, a nice to have uh, or overhead. You know, this is, you know, marketing is, when done right, uh, is a value driver for the company. And, and that, was, that was different. It was viewed different. Traditionally, marketing would be the first place you go if you were having a tough quarter and you need to do some cost cutting to kind of make the quarter. So, you know, I, I knew very quickly that we had to demonstrate the value, uh, the return on investment our commercial acumen, how we're contributing to the top and the bottom line of the company. And that, that demonstration had to be able to withstand scrutiny so that, you know, when you, you give us a dollar, we're going to give you at least, you know, a dollar 25 back. And then we had to really refocus the organization from what I call uh, having good outputs, you know, nice PowerPoint slides, et cetera, to outcomes that demonstrate uh, contribution to the top and bottom line. And so this kind of commercial acumen and also being digitally savvy and being able to show returns uh, and being able to collaborate with your CIO and your CFO, put together business cases uh, that are meaningful so that then you go to a place where marketing is the first place to cut to, man, how can I give you more? Because the returns uh, I can measure and they're meaningful. And that's the journey we've been on. And so how does that kind of shape into your campaigns, the campaigns that you think about and build, the consumer-facing campaigns? So that, that means our campaigns have to be really focused. They're digital in nature. They have uh, a targeted spend and a targeted return. They have to be an enabler to what we call our strategic growth initiatives, uh, which we have four at UPS, uh, you know, really improving our our market share with small and medium-sized businesses, really kind of leveraging e-commerce as a driver towards that. We've built a, a healthcare business to really uh, separate ourselves from the competitors as far as, you know, delivering uh, sensitive healthcare packages, and then really an inter international uh, player and, and really kind of driving uh, international growth. So then the marketing initiatives have to be aligned and enable us to those forces. And then we have to be able to connect the dots from the money spent to the returns. In one place in particular, I would say probably the, the most important one was a small and medium-sized uh, business customer segment. Now, UPS has fantastic share in large customers. I mean, they really need the complexity of our integrated network and the consulting, et cetera. Um, and it can leverage really our size and scale. But over recent years, we have been losing share in the small and medium-sized customer segment. And that segment is the most profitable. And so, you know, we really, we really had to kind of take a look and say, okay, what do we need to do to reverse that trend? And so we did some voice-to-the-customer sort of things. We kind of reached out and did interviews with SMB customers and said, hey, you know, what do you think of us? And, you know, they came back and said, well, you, know, you guys have been kind of quiet. We haven't really heard from you. Uh, we think you only focus on the big guys and not on us. And oh, by the way, you know, we think we know all there is to, to know about you. We give you high credits for being 
uh, trustworthy, reliable, having integrity. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it, which, by the way, are fantastic brand attributes to have. Most companies would kill for those. But we didn't score as highly as we would like in the areas of ingenuity and agility and entrepreneurial spirit and forward thinking, what I call the momentum characteristics or, or characteristics or the cool characteristics. So we scored high in consideration, not so high in momentum. And so, um, you know, we were viewed as kind of old and stodgy, quite frankly, from these small and medium-sized customers, just focused on uh, their large competitors. So we had to then kind of put together, once we did that research, we put together a campaign um, called Be Unstoppable. And it wasn't about UPS being unstoppable. It's about how UPS could allow its small and medium-sized customers to punch above their weight against their large competitors and really kind of channel this, this entrepreneurial spirit of being unstoppable. And they're going to be unstoppable by leveraging the products and services that we offer them um, so that they can compete just based on the quality of their product versus scale. And in that campaign, it had a different look and feel. It was more like a performance brand campaign that was high energy, very diverse from an age standpoint, from a gender standpoint, from an ethnicity standpoint, and just a look and feel that was more contemporary and more cool, if you will. And it was directed directly at the uh, small and medium-sized customers. And through digital marketing, we could track the take rate and, and the conversion for them shipping uh, with us uh, after we kind of contacted them. So that's an example. And, and then once you kind of get the momentum going, and you can see the results. Then you go from how can we cut marketing to, man, okay, if, if, if you've delivered this sort of return, if I gave you more, could you scale it? And those are the conversations we're starting to have now. And oh, by the way, when you start doing that, you start driving momentum, you get the flywheel going, you have marketing talent then wants to kind of come to UPS as a destination, you get marketing talent who's in the company is proud and, and is driving even more ingenuity. And that's really the journey we're on. Yeah, I love the idea of the unstoppable campaign because I think, you know, to your point about being, uh, you know, about being old and stodgy and what that feels like, it's just a natural progression of any, any brand that, you know, as new generations come up, like they don't have a relationship with you potentially. I had a, I had a great UPS uh, experience the other day where um, I needed to return something from, uh, uh, from a company. And I could either drop it off at a UPS store or I could have, or it could be scheduled to pick up from my place. And I happened to be going by and I, and I, you know, dropped off the box, took about, you know, 25 seconds, you know, good to go, super easy return. And because of that, I ordered something else from that same place because I knew that the return would be so easy for that particular package. And you think about like, you know, what, what the younger generations require in terms of like that digital experience and that, that ease of use, whether it's picked up at your house or, or dropped off and things like that. And like that experience, like you don't know unless you're doing it, right? Like you have to market those experiences to new audiences. You can't just assume that they're going to find their way there. And you, you articulated a big part of our e-commerce strategy beautifully. I mean, if we try to, we want to make that whole e-commerce experience what we call frictionless, easy, no hassle. So if you think about traditionally, 
you would go into a store. You go into a brick and mortar store and you pick something up, you may try it on, doesn't, you know, doesn't, or you may not try it on, you take it home and it doesn't fit. You bring it back to the store and give them the, the garment, they refund the money and off you go, or you would do an exchange. But in this world of e-commerce, particularly uh, what's going on right now with the impact of COVID, unfortunately, that's really accelerating. We, we're finding that e-commerce growth that we had projected was going to take three years to have uh, e-commerce reach 20% of retail. We found that happened in three months because of the acceleration of COVID. When the brick and mortar sort of locations kind of closed down, then you don't have that, that neat integration of digital and physical. And it makes it, it makes it more difficult to, you know, to, how do I do a return? Do I need to get my own box? You know, how am I going to get it back? How am I going to get my money? So really kind of leveraging the UPS store and those 5,000 franchisees we have, uh, most are within, you know, five, five miles of a, of a particular residence, along with the e-commerce experience. You almost make it like a, like a traditional brick and mortar experience, but it's even easier because you can order it, you know, from your phone 24 hours a day. And that's a big part of what we're trying to drive uh, and we've been successful is really kind of fueling and accelerating our growth. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I, we used to live, me and my wife, like right around the corner from a UPS store. We used to be able to walk there. So I remember, I think I printed out, I gosh, I can't even remember what it was, but it was something. We didn't have our internet set up yet. We had just moved in and we, we needed something printed out and we went there. I remember, I think we might have got something notarized maybe somewhere or there. I, I, I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. We got something notarized there. It was like our local kind of thing. And then we moved and now we have kind of like a new UPS store. But it's so, um, it's such an important piece of, of a marketing arsenal to have things like that because of how brick and mortar places are still really familiar for a lot of things. And there's things that you need them for that are really valuable. And by the way, it's now an extension of kind of this digital thing. And I think that, you know, when you're in that moment, when you're like, oh, I need a notary, or I need to like print something, and I haven't set my printer up, or I I don't even actually think I own a printer anymore. (laughs) Like those are those moments, those like emotional moments, right? Where you're like, I, you know, I, who do I go to? And to, to have, you know, and if you don't know about the services that UPS offers, especially for like, you know, small to medium, like you said, you just, you know, it, you, it could get lost amongst the noise. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, so the degree that, that we need to really uh, make sure that we're telling that story. Um, and, you know, when we, when we look at our, our brand awareness, which is really, really high, which is great. And, and we've, uh, you know, we've been recognized as one of the, uh, as one of the top brands in the world uh, and a brand uh, rated us number 24 best global brands uh, this past year, up from 27 last year and 29 the year before. But when we, when we dissect our awareness with our customer segment, uh, we score extremely high um, with baby boomers. But then when you start kind of going down all the way through millennials and then Gen Zs, our awareness drops. And so, you know, a lot of our focus now, and you think about who the decision makers are going to be, and in some cases they are already, the, uh, the adult, uh, you know, Gen Zs, but uh, for certainly, you know, you plan on being around for the next 113 years, you have to really make sure you get that same awareness. Uh, so a lot of our marketing and communications is going to be targeted and is targeted 
to that demographic. And the UPS store in particular is, is a nice way uh, to kind of complement uh, their e-commerce experience, which they, they kind of use almost exclusively. So, you know, very good point, and there'll be a, a continued area of focus for our, our brand communication and outreach. You know, another thing that I think is kind of a, a, a bit of a generational thing was kind of like this notion of tracking, right? It's like back in the day, like you just kind of trusted that it got there, right? And now you can track everything to the minute uh, of those sort of things. But for a business, you know, for those small businesses that rely on, that don't have that, you know, that don't have the Amazon, you know, prime next day, that don't have some of those things, they need someone in their corner that can provide all of those, those same resources that can provide that stuff. How, how do you look at like positioning as it, as it relates to small businesses and offering those same kind of suite of services that can accelerate their business? So that was a big part of the, uh, the Be Unstoppable campaign. So the Be, Un- the Be Unstoppable creative is a nice dynamic creative to kind of get the attention of the SMBs, but the products and offerings that make them unstoppable versus their large competitors are transported inside the Be Unstoppable digital campaign. So for instance, what you just referenced is something we call my choice for business. You know, our, our large customers have direct sales people who can give them, you know, big tools to kind of manage how many packages are going out, how many packages are going in, prioritizing them, you know, a real strong management tool, but it's a, you know, it's a big, you know, high touch model. These small customers, they don't have, de- you know, dedicated uh, shipping departments. And a lot of them are so small, it wouldn't even be financially prudent for us to, to have a dedicated salesperson on them. So we have to, you know, then come up with digital tools. Uh, the Army's SMBs with the same sort of capability to be able to manage their business similar to their large competitors. And so my choice for business uh, is a digital tool that gives the, the SMBs the ability to be able to kind of manage their inbound and outbound packages, prioritize them, see which ones are coming in, which ones they want to go out first. Uh, it's really kind of a management tool to allow them to be more strategic in, in managing their business. You know, one of the things we also found with the small and medium-sized customers is they're competing with large customers on time and transit. How, how long does it take to get a shipment uh, to a particular customer. And large customers, well, you know, they can afford, some of them can afford, you know, next day air, put on an airplane. Some of them have multiple uh, distribution centers uh, so they can have the inventory, you know, throughout the United States uh, close to the customer so the distance is short, they can get there real quick. Well, you know, one of the things we knew we needed to do is we needed to speed up our time and transit on the ground so that these SMBs can order it and get the, uh, get the shipments quicker. And then we also needed to come up with a model, and this is one of the, the units, the e-commerce units reports in the marketing UPS called Where to Go, which is an, almost like an, think of it as an Airbnb for shippers and warehouses. So you have, you know, different warehouses that have some available space, you know, to be able to accommodate uh, packages. And then you have shippers who want, you know, they don't have the resources to buy a whole warehouse. Uh, so they want to be able to just have access regionally to these places. And they need to know, it needs to be a sort of a matchmaking as to the availability 
and the need and the reliability. Um, and so, you know, that's another enabler that we've come out with uh, to allow these SMBs to punch above their weight uh, to be able to kind of compete with their larger competitors. So whether it's the Unstoppable campaign or other campaigns, what type of channels are you are you pushing that out in? Is it, uh, you know, a lot of TV spots or, or what are the different uh, ways that you're getting that message out there? In order to get the, the return on investment, you know, we're really focusing on digital and we're focusing on targeted. And so we can be dynamic in the messaging. Um, we can know whether you know, a customer is a non-customer or not, um, because if you're you're targeting people who are already customers are already doing business with you. There's really no incrementality. And oh, by the way, you can also nuance the message um, based on the targeting. So that's where the analytics I talked about really kind of comes in handy. So, you know, it's digital, it's targeted. We're doing A-B testing to see, okay, if we, if we make this sort of adjustment, do we get an uplift or not? And by the way, when you, when you can do it that way and you can demonstrate the returns, uh, then your conversations with your CFO colleague become a lot different as far as funding um, and strategic positioning of marketing. Yeah, were there were there anything that surprised you about about that campaign specifically, um, or some of the other campaigns with regards to like the data that you were getting, or, or some of the analytics that you were seeing as you as you started to run those? Well, you know, we we did a lot of research and. Uh, you know, I was really thoughtful with our partner, uh, the agency we're using. We're using an outstanding agency called the uh, Martin Group Agency out of Richmond. And so with, between the voice of the customer um, and then we kind of tested the concepts, I was pretty confident that we would get a pretty good reaction externally. What surprised me, though, was the pride and the energy and the enthusiasm internally by our employees. because. Who doesn't want to be cool? Even if you aren't cool, you want to be cool. And so the fact that we were positioned, you know, in this high energy, uh, cool, hip, forward leaning, relevant, contemporary way really kind of drove pride from an internal momentum standpoint. And also, by the way, we'd also would share it with our, our digital partners uh, because more and more we're going to, the way we're going to market in SMBs is uh, through partnerships um, with uh, platforms and marketplaces because more and more of these customers, you know, they want to do business in an integrated fashion. Uh, they want to do demand gen and checkout and uh, warehouse fulfillment and delivery and returns. They want it all kind of integrated into one stop versus buying each one out of cart. So we've, uh, we've established strategic partnerships with companies like Stamps.com, obviously we have one with uh, Amazon. Uh, Shopify uh, is a fantastic partner. eBay, um, we just uh, signed off on Square, PayPal, and others. And so when we started sharing the campaign with them to see if we can do some joint marketing together, even their perception of who UPS is, like, whoa, okay, we, we didn't know that you guys were this forward thinking. You guys are even more relevant than we had thought. So, you know, so we knew that the end user, the end shipper, we were going to hit the mark because that's where the research was. But the, our employees, by the way, I shared the campaign at a, at a board of directors meeting and there was tremendous excitement by the board. And then certainly our partners, we got a, a lift from those constituents as well. That was, that was really a pleasant surprise. 
UPS over the years has also done some really cool, you know, sponsorships and things like that. How do you view partnering with, you know, whether it's, you know, sports or, or other organizations to create content, to create things uh, or to create experiences? Yeah. So that one, I would say probably traditionally we were over-indexed in. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. It's tough to show the returns when, when that's primarily all that you're doing. So now we've got more of a portfolio approach where, uh, you know, we do have some, uh, some events and I would say we're picky on the ones that we have. Uh, from my standpoint, they have to be special, highly experiential bucket lists sort of things that customers will, even at the, you know, the, the high levels, uh, will adjust their calendar to participate in, which kind of gives us an audience uh, to do business and something they'll always remember. So, you know, just a, a couple off the, uh, the top would be we have a fantastic uh, arrangement with the, uh, the masters. And um, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll bring our customers pre COVID <laughs> or bring our, our customers down to, to Augusta. And we have, uh, uh, we have a couple of large homes there in, uh, in Augusta where customers can stay and have their own uh, bathroom. And uh, we've got a, a fantastic uh, property on the site of the masters where customers in between holes can come and hang out and we'll bring in, you know, different, you know, kind of Lisa Rice, who's a member of, of masters and, and different golfers in to kind of speak with the customers. And a lot of these customers they're taking, you know, they're, they're taking their son or their daughter or their wife or, or go with a, a college buddy they might not have seen 20, in 20 years and UPS is hosting them and we're getting access uh, we just kind of position them a different way versus, you know, just a, uh, a normal kind of event where we're just giving out tickets. We've got a relationship with the Dallas Cowboys where, you know, Jerry Jones will come in and Emmett Smith will come in and talk to him. And, and, and Jerry will talk about marketing, uh, which, I mean, if you think about the most valuable, regardless of your football taste, put that aside, uh, the most valuable uh, sports franchise in the world. Absolutely. It's marketing genius. You know, he, he can talk to that. So, so we're really, you know, we're, we're, we pick our spots to make sure that it's a high experience, bucket list, high impact, that really kind of gives us additional intimacy uh, with our customers. But it's part of our, our portfolio, and I would say probably a smaller part of the portfolio as we're moving more and more uh, to the digital uh, marketing aspect to really kind of drive our our brand relevance and bring in new customers. I love that. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't heard someone put it just like that before about the idea of like, you know, those bucket list events, because I really do think that that is, that's what it's all about, right? It's about making, you know, we say on the show all the time, marketing is meant to be remarkable. That means you have to like tell people about it. It needs to be like something that you want to share. And I think so often people say, Oh, I, you know, whether it's naming rights or otherwise, it's like, is that really, and it could be a, a, a huge mover, but um, is there really a depth of engagement there or is it something superficial that they don't really remember, you know, that your company was, was part of that? And I think uh, the way that you said it, I think is, is really, really special. Yeah, I agree. And again, UPS, you know, we, we get consideration. It's really the relevancy that we're, we're, we're trying to drive. So, you know, we might be different than a company you've never heard of that, that might try to, you know, really kind of get their consideration. But 
we're really focused on making sure that we're, you know, we're spending the, our assets in the right way to kind of drive returns. Now, I'll tell you one other thing that we're doing as well that's slightly different, but I want to make sure, Ian, I got this in. So with everything that's going on in the world, especially, uh, I would say, I saw it really turn towards the end of May in the George Floyd uh, murder. The idea of purpose inside of companies yeah. is extremely, extremely critical. They, uh, and this was building, you know, the, uh, the, Edelman, uh, the, uh, the Edelman Trust uh, Index had been rating companies over the last couple of years higher than NGOs and, and governments and the press and even universities as far as uh, being the most trustworthy people trusted the most. So with that trust comes responsibility. Right? It, it, it just does. And so marketing, uh, we partnered with, uh, and at that time, PR rolled into marketing. Now we have a, a chief communications officer uh, that PR rolls into, and she and I work closely together. So we were starting driving the work, and then we partnered towards the end and created a, uh, a purpose statement uh, for UPS. Um, and we were really, you know, one of the things that happened during COVID is as we established this essential status uh, as a company, you know, people realized that, whoa, you know, these, these drivers, you know, it's tough to get, you know, PPE and the, the hand sanitizers and the wipes uh, and the masks. They were hard to come by. And meanwhile, we, as we thought volume was going to decline, it started shooting through the roof because everybody started buying online. And our drivers um, were, you know, risking themselves uh, to be able to deliver for our customers and arguably uh, society. Um, and so there was a, just a huge outpouring of sincere gratitude by our customers for what our drivers and what UPS was doing. As a matter of fact, there was uh, a national magazine that was titled The Battle of COVID-19, in which it had uh, a replica of the Iwo Jima kind of saving a flag. And it had a doctor and a nurse and a grocery worker. And sure enough, a UPS driver with his dyad holding on to the flag and keeping it afloat during the battle of COVID-19. And so we end up launching, we end up launching a campaign called Thanks for Delivering, um, which we thanked our drivers, and not just our drivers, but the, the other essential workers for what they were doing to keep us safe and, and to provide, you know, for society. So that informed really, okay, so what is our purpose? And you know, with a new CEO that, that came on on June 1st, uh, Carol Tomei, she was really big on this, that, you know, we should have, our purpose should be aligned to our strategy, uh, should be aligned, uh, obviously, to our priorities. Uh, we should talk about it internally, externally, even with our investors. And it should be something that is easily remember, uh, remembered and something that we can own a little bit aspirational, but not something that was so far out there, people saying that's not really you. So, you know, we end up interviewing uh, employees uh, up and down the organizational chart. We did local and global. We did headquarters. We did drivers. We did retirees. We did customers. We did industry analysts to really kind of get some feedback as to really what, you know, what would be uniquely UPS. And one of the things we're most proud of, we did end up coming up with a purpose statement 
that has resonated throughout the company. And uh, it really kind of talks about, you know, the things that are, are unique around us, uh, you know, delivering what matters and improving our world and moving and, and really says moving our world forward by delivering what matters. So, you know, moving our world, our world, moving momentum forward, tied to the unstoppable. Delivering, obviously, is a word that we own. And then what matters, you know, I mean, that could be, you know, by the way, delivering packages, but also delivering good for the community. Uh, and what matters allows for some personalization individually as to how you say what matters, whether it's a, a critical vaccine that hopefully will be delivered soon, or whether it's uh, volunteer hours in black communities, but delivering what matters and moving our world forward. So that was something you know, tied to the market, uh, tied internally, tied strategically, uh, but marketing had you know, the lead voice and driving something that we think will last for a very long time. Yeah, it's it's incredibly uh, cool to see that kind of transformation and and something so uh, so succinct. And you know, I think a lot of times when we we see those kind of like not a not a brand rehaul or anything like that, but but definitely a uh, a recommitment to values and and that sort of thing. It is it is refreshing, and I think it's cool to see also like that you live it. I've had the chance to interview uh, Juan Perez uh, a, a number of times. I mean, and he, uh, the, who's the CIO of, uh, of UPS, and he, you know, was so adamant about focusing on diversity, about trying to find diverse talent, especially diverse technical talent. It seems like, you know, your leadership team, you know, walks the walk on this sort of stuff about, you know, having an impact in the community beyond just, you know, they're not just words. Yeah, thank you, Ian. I, I think so. Um, you know, we have uh, Juan and I, by the way, are, are very close colleagues. Uh, you know, marketing and IT have to be hand in hand, and he and I are. But yeah, you look at the, you know, the senior team, the executive leadership team at UPS is very diverse. Uh, African American uh, chief HR officer, obviously, uh, marketing uh, lead is African American. You've got Juan. Uh, Hispanic uh, chief, uh, both the chief information officer and also our chief engineer. Um, you've got a woman CEO, a woman head of sales. And then you start going to our board, 40% of our board are either women or ethnically uh, diverse. So uh, we were really, and even you know what we came out with after the George Floyd incident as to what we were going to say, we wanted to make sure there was a high ratio between say and do. And the audio and the video were lined up. We weren't just saying something, not doing something else, and let our actions speak even louder than our words. And I think that's a good litmus test for companies as to how how powerful or how strong the conviction is uh, to their values, what they do, and the actions they take. So you know, with with all of the COVID stuff that was happening, obviously, you know, you mentioned small businesses, uh, you know, hit hard, but but also not just hit hard from, you know, what they had to deal with, you know, from from the virus, but also hit hard with the fact that many of them who were, you know, brick and mortar, things like that had to had to shift to a digital model. Obviously, UPS tools can can help you do that um, with, you know, high volumes of shipping and things. I'm curious, like just, you know, final question on the on the small business pieces, like, how do you think about small businesses 
differently? Um, because it seems like you have a pretty good uh, handle on how to market to them different than, say, your bigger corporate customers. Yeah, the corporate customers, that's, that's more of a direct sales model, you know, and they have resources, uh, et cetera, that you kind of line up. The, the SMBs, you know, they're, they're wearing multiple hats at the same time. It really has to be a, a digital connection. We, we say, you know, digital is, is, is really the passport uh, to the SMB. And a lot of them are, you know, that's why you, you see companies like, like Shopify, they're going like crazy. A lot of them are learning this whole e-commerce thing for the first time, you know, how to create a digital company and, and create, do demand gen digitally and, and fulfill it, et cetera. So, so part of what we've been doing uh, has been more advising and counseling as well. So we've had a series of webinar. There have been very, webinar series has been very well attended for SMBs on different aspects as to how to kind of manage through COVID and how to alter your business model and some of the keys of e-commerce. And some of it have been subject matter experts that we have. Some of it have been, quite frankly, like we had Magic Johnson do one, uh, who's a, you know, obviously fantastic business person uh, that talked about, you know, some of the keys in managing uh, business as well. Uh, so really kind of advising them as well and then meeting them where, where they are, which is really kind of a, making it easy and, and, and more than want to do business again. I mean, you think about Facebook and Instagram and how many businesses you know, are leveraging that, you know, that, that channel uh, to get to their customer segments and you know, how we can make that whole experience easier. So it's really about us not kind of doing what we've always done and selling how we always sell and try to take all the things we've done with large customers and just do them to small customers. It's really about being agile, understanding the small and medium-sized customers' needs, where they need help, and give them solutions, mainly digital solutions, so it's easier for them to digest so they can, uh, they can, can thrive and and certainly maintain and then and then thrive um, in this new e-commerce world. Okay, before we get out of here, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM. Lightning round questions. Kevin, are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> number one, did you pick up a hobby or habit in shelter in place? You know, it's interesting. Um, so we didn't talk about that, but um, I didn't personally really shelter in place. You know, UPS being an essential company, you know, our drivers, you know, they, they can't shelter in place. Our package handlers can't do that. So the executive leadership team, we've pretty much been in the office since the, uh, since the end of the March. We might have done that maybe a week, week and a half. Uh, now, you know, the way we work is very different. So we're all masked up, you know, but huge conference rooms, socially distant. Zoom. Now, you know, our people, um, I'm talking particularly the marketeers, most of them are, are virtual. So what I had to do is then we had to kind of alter our communication as to how we were going to kind of stay connected uh, to them. But it wasn't like I was, you know, so I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I picked up a Peloton bike or something. I, w I was in the office working. Maybe a little uh, jogging in place there uh, in the office. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite thing to do in Atlanta on a day off? Yeah, play tennis. Saturday, Saturday mornings, count me in. Doubles. 
How about a book or a podcast that you've read or listened to recently? You know what? We, we started listening. My wife and I started listening to this podcast called Code Switch. Hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I think it's tied to, to NPR. Um, it's pretty interesting. I'll have to check it out. I don't know about it. How about uh, a best piece of advice for a first-time CMO? You know, I think a lot of things we kind of talked about. You know, first of all, collaborating with your, um, your C-suite members. You know, so Juan and I, you referenced Juan, our CIO, uh, more digital, the more digital things we, we do, we have to kind of do together. We're breaking down silos or working in agile teams, and he and I are aligned. Uh, the same with the CFO as well. So I would say, you know, kind of establishing credibility and uh, the return on investment and the strategic value of marketing um, is something to do right away. And that means you have to have analytics, but then you also have to have relationships with your colleagues. And I would absolutely lean in on both of those very early on. Last question. Is there one thing that you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, What are your dreams and aspirations for marketing inside of UPS? Yeah, what are those? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, you know, I talked earlier about UPS being known as a, a fantastic industrial engineering company and a fantastic operating company. Yeah, I want UPS to be known as a as a destination place for outstanding marketing talent. Where you know the, the best and brightest want to want to come say, I want to go work for UPS uh, in marketing, and I, I know that you know I'll be invested in. Uh, I know I'll be valued. I know we'll be doing uh, innovative things, and it'll be fun. And so, you know, that is really a destination that we're shooting, we're shooting for. I think we're making some progress, but we still have, we still have hills to climb and we'll climb. That's awesome. Well, for any of our listeners, uh, you can check out uh, the UPS uh, careers and try to figure out a way to join Kevin's team because uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a go-to place. And Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been awesome. Any final thoughts? No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about marketing and, and UPS, two of my, my favorite topics. And uh, I just really enjoyed uh, the, the platform to, to have the conversation. All the best. Awesome. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels.
But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.